First Church Charlotte. Thank you, God, for what you are doing in this place. Pray that you would move mightily in every single one of us. Amen. Now that I got the mic working, one more time, let's just clap our hands to the Lord. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Just to let you know, that was on me, not the sound team. Like, devil's just going to try to do anything to stop this service and mess me up. I didn't turn it on. I got to keep this jacket buttoned because I spilled coffee on it in between services. We going to have a good time. Amen. So first, let me give honor to all of you. What an amazing church just to be a part of. Like, I tell you what, like not just friendly, compassionate, caring, volunteering, whatever the call is, we answer it and we answer it together. So what an awesome church you are. And I give you honor today. Thank you so much for that. The worship team, the band, the singers, always amazing. Melix does an awesome job leading them. And you know what? Like, let me just say this on that note. When things go wrong, we always point them out. You know, Mike's not on all snap. You know, spilt something, whatever. Whatever goes wrong, we point that out. But when everything works properly and there's nothing, there's no hiccups, we don't ever say it, right? Because it's like, okay, that was supposed to work that way. But wasn't Easter's worship amazing? Last Sunday was amazing. The recording was amazing. What happened up here was amazing. So I just want to give honor to them and the hard work that they put into it. Give honor to our pastor, our pastoral team, and especially Pastor Elms and his family. It's a bishop. What a great team to lead alongside, to learn from, and to do the work of God with. And then lastly, just want to give honor to my family. Because I know I drive them crazy because, like, I'm a jack of all trades. But trust me, I am not a master of none. I am better than good. So that means that anytime I'm asked to do something, I just go all out in every single direction. And my wife is like, can you just slow down just a little bit? So that way we can know what you're trying to say. So the fact that my wife still puts up with me after, man, we've been in ministry now together for about 20 years now. So that is... It's just amazing that somebody would put up with me for that long. And then one special note, when you see her, you have to tell her happy birthday. My youngest daughter is 10 today. Now she looks 15 because she's like this tall, but she's just turned 10 today. Little Riley, our baby, double digits now. Lord help me. Like, there, there's just no end for me. Like, my son, he's 12. He's already taller than me. I can't keep up with the grocery bill. Like, I wear a size 11, 11 and a half. He's up to a 13 already. I'm like, oh. So, 
what an awesome, awesome family I have. And I just, I love them dearly. So I'm glad that they put up with me enough to do this, this work and this walk with me. Amen. 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 So today, and also just one more thing, because we are preaching the same message. Pastor Elms had a great idea that we collaborate, have kind of the same flow of notes. So what an awesome job Brother Hodge did in the 9 a.m. service with this message. Defeating my own worst enemy. So great job today, brother, in the first service. Hopefully I do this second service. It's some justice. So to start with the same place, he did Second Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. This is the new King James. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you and the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord as his divine power has given to us all that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us by glory and virtue by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. Like, just think about this for a second. He's called us through this knowledge and this virtue, and virtue in this time means a balance. That we're not crazy to one side, we're not crazy to the other side, but we have this glory about us because of his glory and this victory. We're living in this victory, but there's balance to our life. And then as we live in this balance, he's given us these exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. He's given us this knowledge. He's given us this ability to live in balance. He's given us these great promises. And it's through this that we can overcome the lust of this world. What an amazing God we serve. Amen. Amen. Let's take this word to the Lord right now and let's just pray that God would open up our hearts and our minds for understanding in it. God, we love you and we praise you and we thank you for what you're going to do here in this service. We thank you for your word that is tested. It's tried. It is true. And it never, ever fails us. God, I pray right now that your word and your spirit would combine in this place and create something brand new in us. Restore things in us. Revive things in us. Revive your calling. Revive your spirit. Lead us into something new. In your mighty name of Jesus and everybody say amen. Amen. So from the moment that we make a decision to do anything related to the kingdom of God, as seems like that's when the battle begins that that is when one enemy after another begins to start coming after us we fight one battle right after another and it doesn't matter how deep the decision could be it could be just a thought that i may want to visit a church or i may want to make the decision to be a part of a church or to volunteer in a ministry or to get involved with the people of god and join a small group or the decision to repent, to be baptized in the name of Jesus, or to seek after the power of his spirit living inside of me. It doesn't matter what. 
the decision is. The moment that we make that decision, it seems like one seemingly endless war begins. And it's one enemy after another, and it's one battle after another. And this war that we are facing is just a war of one temptation after another, after another, after another. One temptation to just give in to sin. Another temptation to just give up completely. So from the outset of this message, I just want us to be honest with ourselves and say this. When these temptations have come, whether it's to give up or to give in, we've fallen, we have failed, we have stumbled, we have given up at times, and we have given in at times. We've all have let ourselves just go and say, I can't do this. I can't win this battle. I can't defeat this enemy. I don't know how I'm able to make it through. And we just fall into the temptation, whatever it is. And then this is what we do. We start to blame. We give up and we blame. We give in and we blame. We say, the devil made me do it. Man, I mean, if that really worked, the devil made me do it. Just think if that was like a monopoly, like the ultimate get out of jail free card that you never had to turn in. Just every time something happened, devil made me do it. Oh, well, then you are good to go. (laughs) Cheated on your taxes. Well, by all means, the devil made me do it. Well, you are good to go. You just keep that money. Just stop paying your mortgages because the devil made you do it. Well, you just keep your house. Go steal the nicest car you could find. And when they ask you why, just say, the devil made me do it. And they'll say, well, you just get to keep that thing. Wouldn't that be amazing? You get called to the witness stand and you're there and this. well, why did you do that? Well, the devil made me do it. Well, case dismissed, you just be on your way. Man. We would love it if that worked, but the truth of the matter is, is that's not even reality. The devil didn't make us do anything. The devil may try to pump himself up as the greatest enemy that we could face, but he is not the greatest enemy we could ever face. First Corinthians chapter 10 tells us this. No temptation has overtaken you, but such that is common to man. And God is faithful. God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also so that you will be able to endure. God is faithful and will always give you a way out. So that means this, the devil didn't make you do it. We decided to do it. See, God has put a spiritual cap, if you will, on the devil. He has put a limit there. There's only so much the devil is allowed to even try to do. But this is something that we kind of get mixed up. 
Like, I love the story of Job, and you may know where I'm going with this, so just kind of just picture this. In the first couple of chapters, all these bad things are happening to Job, and, you know, God is always asking Satan, you know, where have you been? And he's like, I've been wandering around, seeing who, you know, I can tell, who I can gain, who I can get on my side, who I can hurt. He's like, have you considered my servant Job? He's like, no, you've put a hedge of protection about him. Now, I want you to think about this. As you read... What happens is not God saying, well, I will remove this hedge from Job, but he's saying, I'm going to give you greater limits, Satan. Job did not turn against God because of some hedge. It was his integrity always that kept him in line with God. He had already made the decision a long time ago, no matter what happened, I am going to keep on following him. And no matter what limit was set for Satan, it didn't matter what Satan tried to do to him, Job just kept being faithful to a faithful God. Satan didn't make Job do anything. There may be limits placed on the spiritual world. There may be limits placed on Satan that are greater for you than somebody else, but Satan cannot do one thing to you. You have to decide, I am wanting to live for God because ultimately this is the truth. I am my own worst enemy. I'm the one who decides to give in. I am the one who decides I'm going to fall. I'm the one who, whether I give in or give up, that's my decision. So every mistake we have made, every mistake we have made has been our decision. Every temptation we've given into, every time we've spent too much, every time we've looked at stuff we shouldn't have, every relationship that was extra, everything that we have done was our decision, temptation or not. One of the greatest books I've ever read was The Seven Decisions by Andy Andrews. And he starts off talking about this. He's like, my father died, my mother died, became homeless. I was begging, living under a bridge on the beach. And this gentleman comes by and I'm begging money from him. And the man says, it's a shame that you have done this to yourself. And he begins to tell the man the story. He's like, no, all of these things have happened to me. And he says, yes, but you decided how you would act, how you would respond in each one of these. It was your decision to end up here. I'm sorry you decided to end up here. It's when this becomes our mentality. It's when we begin to understand that everything that we have done, every temptation that we've given into was ultimately our decision, that things will begin to change in our life. These promises of God, they are great. They are precious. They are exceeding. But it's our decision whether or not we are going to live in them or not. So if you want to live in them, it means that I have to believe in these promises of God. I have to believe that they are still there for me. I have to believe that God is still has these promises ready for me in my life. Because one temptation that will come in after you failed is those promises are gone. They're done with. You can't have it. It won't be the same. 
God won't love you the way he used to because look at what all you've done. There's this verse, and when I read it, God just struck me differently with it and just began to open up something new in my life. And I go back to it from time to time when I feel like I may have gone too far, when I feel like I've drifted too far away, when I've gotten myself too busy to pay attention to God. First Peter chapter one, starting in verse number three, starts, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to obtain an inheritance, which is number one, imperishable. Yes. The promises of God in your life are imperishable. What God promised to you 5, 10, 15 years ago, it doesn't matter what has happened during that span. It doesn't matter what you've done in that time. It is imperishable. It does not die. It does not wither away. Number two, it is undefiled. It is just as pure as the day he spoke it into your life. It is just as pure as the day you read it for the first time in his word and it connected in your spirit. It is undefiled and will not fade away. It is reserved in heaven for you, meaning it is protected. The devil cannot do a thing to it. It is God's gift. It is God's promise to you, and the devil has no way to get to it. The promises of God, yes, they are exceedingly precious and good, but they also are imperishable, undefiled, and will not fade away. So no matter what you've done in the past, when you decide, God, I'm ready to live for you again, I'm tired of falling into these temptations. I'm tired of giving up or giving in. Those promises are still the same. Those promises are just as good, are just as pure, and just as strong as the day he spoke them to you. Need proof? It's been a year since I've been up here. And before that, it was a year before I was up here. God had to work on me, but first I had to say, no matter what my situation was, no matter what was going on in my life, God, you can still use me. And if he can do that for me, then that means the promises of God for you are still just as pure and just as strong. We just have to resolve in our mind that Satan is no longer the enemy I'm concerned about. It is my own, me, myself, and I have fought that battle by saying your promises are still good. Your promises are still pure. Your promises are still strong. You're just waiting for me to walk in them. Let's just give God a hand clap of praise right now for how good and great those promises are. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So now that you know that the power of these promises will not go away, how can you win this battle within? You can say, I want to live for you. 
You can say, I'm ready to not throw in the towel. I'm ready to not give up. God, I'm ready to live out these promises. But how? How am I going to do this? Every time this thought comes in that says, I can't carry this load any longer. Every time the thought comes in that says, it will be better for you to quit. It'll be better for you to throw in the towel than anything else. How do I overcome in those moments? When I know his promises are true, I know it's true, but God, right now, it's just hard for me to live out those promises. This is what we begin to do. And the way to make this easy, I decided it's the same points that Brother Ed made in the first service, but I'm just going to break it down like this. This is Monday through Sunday. Every day, remind yourself this. So on Monday, remind myself how far Jesus went to save me. How far he went to save me. So just for a second, just get real still and real quiet. And first start with the crucifixion. And hear the clink of the nails. Hear the whips on the back. Hear them gasp for breath. But then see him risen again. But then see him risen again. You see him go through all the pain and suffering, but he didn't stop at death. He kept on going to resurrection, to conquering death and giving us life. That is the love that he has for us. That he would conquer death. That he would rise again. That he would be alive. And give us life. That when we were dead in sin, he loved us and loved us enough to conquer that death and give us life all the same. That is how much this God loves us. And then on Tuesday, ask the Holy Spirit to give me better thoughts. Let me capture every thought to the obedience of Christ. That's not your word. This is your word. These are your promises. This is your promise. You would give me a way of escape. I don't have to listen to this voice. Whether it's the voice in my own head, whether it's Satan trying to whisper something, I don't have to listen to that. God, I'm going to listen to your word. So Holy Spirit, speak to me. Holy Spirit, speak. Speak to me, oh God. I'm calling out again. I'm listening. Because when I'm feeling like all hope is gone, it's your word that I can stand on. So speak to me, oh Lord. Give me different thoughts because I'm listening. I'm listening for your word. And then the fun one on Wednesday. Say no. Remind yourself of the power of saying no. Like sometimes we miss that in everyday life. We just say yes because, you know, we don't want to fail somebody. So we say yes and we get overwhelmed. But sometimes we just have to say no and say that's too much. That's too much. No, I'm not taking that on. 
And sometimes it's when you hear those thoughts, no, I'm not listening. Sometimes when that temptation is coming, no, I'm not looking. No, I'm not engaging in this conversation. No, I'm not spending that. No, I'm not going there. And sometimes it's just as easy as saying, no, no, let me just stay right here where I'm at with you, God. Then on Thursday, turn my thoughts to God whenever I'm afraid. Whenever I feel like this is too much. God, it's your promise, but can I? God, it's been a long time, but can I? God, look at all the things I've done. Can you really do this in me again? Can you really use me like this? For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are the children of God. I need my spirit to just mesh with his spirit just a little longer so that way I can feel that power. I can feel that power and that call of God coming back up inside of me saying, yes, I can do this because it's his promise, not mine. It is his calling, not mine. It is his gift, not mine. This is not my ego. This is his power. God, you called me. God, you can use me. Whatever it is that he has called you to, it doesn't matter how long since ago you've tried right now in this moment. It is still fresh. It is still pure. It is still ready for you. So no longer be afraid. Let that spirit testify inside of you and say, yes, God, I am ready to live this. Use me, oh God. I thought that was a little bit better, but you know, maybe that was just for me, you know. Maybe y'all need Friday. Focus on the long term, not the short term. It's not just today. It's not just today. I don't want to come up and pray sing just one time. I don't want to play an instrument just one time. I don't want to just help with kids one time. I don't want to just go to a small group one time. I don't want to start this ministry and just have one meeting. I'm thinking long term, God. This is undefiled. It doesn't fade away. It means what you did to me today, you can do a week, two weeks, three weeks, a year from now. It's the same power. It's the same calling. It's the same spirit that's working in me. So in this moment, I'm going to keep focusing on the long term and saying, God, what you're doing in me, you're doing in me because you want this for the long term. You want to continue to use me. As Romans continues in chapter 8, starting in 17, it says, And if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. 
Now, I'm going to go a different route than Brother Ed on this one, because a lot of times people, when they read this, they focus straight on heaven, and that's good, and he did that, so he already covered that. So a lot of people, when they read about the glory of God, they say, I can't wait to get to heaven. I can't wait for him to call me up. Well, I just want to say this. There's a lot of people that while they're being called up, they're seeing blessings go down. They're like, wait. <laughs> God. Wasn't that for me? He's like, yeah, but you wanted to come up here so quick, so I just gave that to somebody else. (laughs) Why do I just have to suffer here to escape to go have something good up there? If his power is here, then let me, I may have gone through some suffering, but now let him reveal some glory in me today. This is his house. This is his temple. This is his kingdom. Let it be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let his glory, let his power, let his calling, let his ministry, let his promises take place in your life. Don't wait till heaven to fear it. Don't wait till heaven to experience it. Experience it now. Amen. And then on Saturday, on your day off, remind yourself that God is both good and in control. Amen. He will need you. He will never leave you or forsake you. He's good and he's in control. So if he's not going to leave you, why do I need to leave him? Why do I need to give up if he's never going to give up? Why do I need to think something ill of his promises? Why do I need to think that somehow, in some way, because of what happened in my life five years ago, ten years ago, that I have repented for, that he is somehow still holding a grudge against me, and the things he spoke into my life, he's like, nope, I can't use you. Why do we think of God that somehow his promises are no longer good? He is faithful. He is good. And his love endures forever. So stop thinking less of God. Stop thinking less of his promises. Stop thinking less of the power that could be worked inside of you. If he has done it, if he has spoken it, if he has revealed it, if he has given you a vision about it. A year, five, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50. It'll still cover some of y'all. 50 years ago, God spoke something to you. It's still relevant. It's still powerful today. Bishop can still bring a word. It'll still touch our hearts. Just because he's old doesn't mean the word of God is old. Come on. I can say that. I'm not quite old yet. Not quite. 41. To some of y'all, it's like, oh, I'm still a baby. To other people, I'm like, I'm calling 20-year-olds kids. And I'm like, oh, wow, when did that happen? It doesn't matter how long ago. God is still good. His promises are still good. He's still in control. He's still the one that says when Satan has to stop. 
we just have to know that when he tells Satan, stop, I have to tell myself, stop. And the final one, number seven, we can stand together and musicians may come. Number seven, Sunday. So we'll just start this with today. We'll let this be our prayer for today. Trust that God will never stop loving me. God will never stop loving me. Romans 8, 38, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing, nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God. No mistake no decision in your past has separated you from his love yes you gave in he still loved you yes you gave up you were gone for a while it took a hiatus he still loved you. Yes. yes, you were tempted. And you didn't take that way of you didn't take that way of escape. You just stayed right there and said, I can't do it, and this feels too good. Maybe afterwards you felt then that there's no way God could love me anymore. Not his word. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, not even our own worst enemy. My own worst enemy cannot separate me from God's love. Cannot separate me from his promises not separate me from the calling the anointing the ministries that are ready to be birthed the gifts that need to be stirred up inside again they're still there because he still loves you he still loves you He's still calling you. He's still speaking those same promises. He's still speaking those same words. Listen, even use it like this. For those of you who are doing well, but you've seen family members go away, but God has spoken to you and said that they would be here. That promise is still true. don't give up on that God's promises are still true it's true for you it's true for them what he's spoken to you it will come to pass 
we just need to right now in this moment decide I'm defeating this enemy. I've got to put on the gloves. If I have to do that, if I have to get down into war, it's a battle. If it's time for me to fight against myself, I will. But God, here I am. I'm standing here. I'm here again. Speak your word through me again. Speak your promises into me again. Stir up those gifts inside of me again. Speak the promises of deliverance, of healing, of family members coming back to live for you. God, speak to me the promises of how you would use me to save others, to encourage others, to teach them the truth of your word, oh God. How you would use me to lead people into your presence, oh God. Because you never stopped loving me. And nothing separates me from that love. I want to invite you to this altar right now. If there is a promise that God has spoken to you, I want you to come to this altar right now. And up here, find somebody to agree with and say, this is what God has spoken to me. Say, God is still going to do it. This is what God said he would do for my family. God is still going to do it because he loves you. Oh, don't be shy. This is the time to come up and pray right now. Turn to the neighbor that is next to you and begin to pray with them. Let's lift our hands all over this place. As our, as our pastoral team comes to pray with you, Lord, in your mighty name of Jesus, I thank you for your exceedingly great promises. Your promises that will never perish, that are undefiled, and will never fade away. God, right now in this moment. Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If this podcast has blessed you, please rate it with four or five stars. By doing so, you will help others find our free podcast and bless them. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, come worship with us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road. For information about service times, church ministries, and so much more, visit us online at firstchurchclt.com. If you would like to help support our efforts, please text GIVE to 704-445-5353. We pray God's richest blessings to you. Come, worship with us.